welcome back, literary slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are delving into books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on Shelf Aware, we're starting a new unit, guys. New year, new us, new mm. unit. Hi, guys. <laughs> so, uh, should we have different voices now? Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm going to be British. <laughs> Why did we both default to weird British accent? <laughs> because it's the only accent uh, Americans can pretend to do, and not very well. <laughs> Hold on, I didn't open my beer before the podcast started recording, so I'm going to do that now for a little bit of ASMR. Here, I'll join you. Professional. We're st- that's how we're starting 2021, you guys. Mine is a V8 energy, though, because I'm a good girl. Mine is a Heller High Mango from 21st Amendment Brewery, but the fun thing about that, Em, is we've coordinated our can oh, colors. Oh, cute. That's cute. so cute. They're both like an orangey sort of thing. And they're both, wait, cute. did you say, what, what was it called? Hell or High Mango. Yeah, Mango. Mine's Mango, too. Oh, my God, Oh, my guys. God, guys. Guys. <laughs> this is so cute. What the fuck is wrong with us? New Year, New Us. <laughs> Uh, new unit. Let's talk about that. So this All unit right. that we're doing <laughs> is brought to the table by Anna, um, and it's mm-hmm. military sci-fi. Is that what what it is? Mm-hmm. So what's mm-hmm. up? Why don't you like this shit? Well, I think because it combines two things I don't like, which are hard sci-fi and military mm-hmm. fiction. Mm-hmm. Science fiction, I can be on board with if it's like character and plot driven but i think what happens in the genre in the subgenre, and with this book in particular is it just makes me feel stupid Mm. and bored Mm -hmm. yeah i can (laughs) see that stop answering questions i didn't ask (laughs) stop (laughs) so the specific book we're talking about is on basilisk station by david weber which is the first in the honor harrington series which is a hella long series. Yes, apparently. I actually have heard of this series a lot. I didn't realize it until we started mm. reading the book because I was like not aware of what the individual titles were. But it's always been kind of that like one of those nerd gaps where I'm like, oh, I've heard people reference it and stuff, but oh, I've never gotcha. looked into it. Um, I've never heard of this. I think I was okay with not having looked into it. <laughs> <laughs> not for me. Not for me. This one. <laughs> Yeah, I I think the genre as a whole is not for me. Um, So I was a little bit forewarned by our listener, James, because he wrote in and told me that this is, um, or told us, that this is similar to Jim Butcher's Dresden Files, Mm. in which the first book is not really a good representation or doesn't really do the series as a whole justice. And I could kind of feel that with this book because there are elements of it that I like. Mm -hmm. But I really think that this there were just some missteps in this. Like it's a narrative I can get behind, like a, uh, you know, like new and up and coming candidate for captaincy. Captaincy. Is that a word? I don't know. She's trying to become a captain eventually is trying to bond with the officers and crew of her ship. And she kind of fails them at first, but then has, and then has a reason an outside reason uh, to help band them together mm-hmm. and they find a common enemy, blah, blah, blah. That's a story you can get behind, right? Yeah. But this, some of us can get behind, <laughs> but this, 
<laughs> and there's like some political machinations going on in the background. But this particular book was like, okay, so everything you like about those stories, which are the characters, I'm just going to gut those out. I'm going to give you a list of names. You're going to have to remember all 600 of these people. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm going to tell you who the bad guy is like halfway through, but you still have to read the rest of this. It wasn't even halfway book. through. It was in the prologue. The fucking. Oh, it was? I skipped them. Yeah, the prologue was like, the bad guys are like, here is our plot. And I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) Why do I have to read the rest of this stupid ass book then? So I was kind of like, I might read a second one. Mm. I might give this one another shot, but in the way that I say I'm going to finish a lot of the series that I've started. For sure. (laughs) I agree with pretty much everything you've said. I think for me, I didn't think I was going to have as much of a problem as I did just because like I have read like not sci-fi military, but I've read like fantasy military stuff before. like Naomi Novik's uh, His Majesty's Dragon is kind of like very similar mm, to this mm-hmm. in that it's like a naval situation, except it's with dragons. And that's basically what this is. It's just the Navy, but with, you know, space, outer space planes. <laughs> like, um, Right, right, right. And I, I quite like that. But like you said, this one, like they're just the characters. I didn't they weren't. It's not even that I didn't care about them. It's that they weren't in it, like you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like They were literally just names, and they would have, like, maybe one cool line of dialogue mm. or a quirk or something. But then the book was like, and we're going to take 10 steps back from this interesting narrative, and we're going to talk to you about this politician that lives on a completely different planet in a different system, and who the fuck cares? It kept going to different viewpoints to tell us the things that had already happened and I was like yes I don't know maybe that works sometimes I'm sure I've read a book where I like that but like in this one I was just like you're just telling me the same information you just told me honestly and explaining it even further to like really drive the point home that you think your reader is an idiot (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand there was like a whole chapter of this book devoted to the different ways that an enemy could attack the station or the planet's system or whatever that the characters were at Basilisk Station. And none of that even happened. It was like, why did you have to spend a whole chapter on this? I It, it was very Moby Dick, right? Like, where it's just like, here's a treatise on whaling. And it's like, okay, but what about the story? Yeah, but can we get to that man who's chasing the white whale? Please, please. Uh, but <laughs> I will say I did kind of appreciate the recappiness of it just because I was skimming so heavily that I'm sure mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. I would have missed if it wasn't told to me 18 times. But all of that aside, who would you recommend this book for? I really I think there is definitely an audience for this book. For sure. Um, it is definitely, I think, a classic in the subgenre. I think mm-hmm. it is also... Um, if if you are if you are very like into the specifics, if you really want an explanation to the fictional book that you're reading and why it, everything in it is happening, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, this could be for you, um, hard sci-fi fans. If you like that kind of thing, I just I don't I have I can suspend my disbelief for the 452 pages I need to in order to imagine people living in space and ha- and humans hailing from three different planets and it's fine. <laughs> I would recommend this book a couple of groups of people. People who really like Star Wars or Star Trek, but only the parts with the fighting and not Mm -hmm. any of the character parts. Oh, my God. The final battle in this was like 25% of the book. Oh, my God. So much. (laughs) Okay. Um, And you wanted to read a novelization of that. Just like also if you were one of those kids in math in high school who really liked word problems, I think you would like this book. 
Mm. Just a bunch of math word problems. Yep. Yep. <laughs> How can we make our ship go faster than that other ship? Um, I think this is like if you have a dad that likes sci-fi, this would mm. this is like a dad book, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this feels like kind of again one of those gaps in my nerd knowledge because this was like nineties yeah. sci-fi, right? Yeah. Which is probably the era of sci-fi I'm least familiar with because I was, you know a child then right right so like everything before that it was like classic to the point where like I was reading it in school sometimes and would be exposed to it that way and everything after that would be like stuff that I started reading as a teen but like this era of sci-fi is like so out of my wheelhouse same yeah it's like that weird like the 70s to like the late 90s where it was just Mm -hmm. the covers are all hideous the series are all like six six hundred volumes long. And yeah, I'm just yeah, and yeah. it's all very episodic, right? Like, mm-hmm. it it feels like it doesn't matter because I could just pick up any one of. The, and I mean, again, I've only read this one book. Maybe this is incorrect, but I feel like I could pick up pretty much whatever book in this series, and it would be more or less fine. Right, 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 right. Uh, so maybe if you find one at a used bookstore, give it a try. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's not if. <laughs> If you don't mind the scientific and military jargon, it's not poorly written. Yeah. Which, again, um, there are people that like that. So yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just not and if what you, I'm here for. If you like knowing what the political plot is and then seeing people still play it out in very, very detailed ways, <laughs> very descriptive ways, um, then this book could be for you as well. Yeah. So... There's, I guess there's, there's, there's like we said, there's a big audience for this book. It's just not one for us. Cause we're girls and we don't like hard. Yeah. Sci-fi. I like the science <laughs> fiction where the aliens are hot. I like the science fiction with kissing. Oh my gosh. They did not even do a single kiss. <laughs> I'm telling you that. No kisses. We are joking, but one of the only things like propelling me through this book was the unresolved <laughs> sexual attention between Honor and McKeon. I was like, are they going to no, fuck? No, I hated it. I hated oh it. Oh my gosh. I was so not here for that. <laughs> it was this barely there thing. I was like, this is the only thing my mind can grasp onto during these chapters and chapters <laughs> of like military strategy I do not care about. Are they going to fuck? And the end of the book, he just left. He's like, I got Good. my own ship now. Bye. He, they should not fuck. They're an unhealthy couple. I do not ship them. I was kind of here for it. It was like that there was tensions because he thought he should, he should have gotten the promotion and she got it mm-hmm. instead. And then he was like, the, he's like, she's good at her job. But the only thing that's keeping me from, uh, doing my job well is that I'm too prideful to apologize for like being a butthole. And then at the end, he was like, he's a whiny man, baby. I was so not into it. I didn't mind him. But again, like his characterization was in like three chapters out of 452 mm-hmm. pages. So how much do we really know him? I would argue he got more characterization than Honor because Honor was like Honor such a, a Mary flat character. Sue. Let's just talk mm-hmm. about this up at the front. Honor. Let's just go ahead. <laughs> Honor does everything perfectly. Honor is <laughs> she's ugly, but beautiful. She just doesn't know it. She doesn't think she's beautiful, but everybody else is like, she's cold and like an ice queen and her chiseled cheeks. And she's like, I'm so tall and fit from being on my home planet of the tall fit people. It makes me ugly. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, my God. 
And I love that she was like kind of coded as Asian and they call her exotically beautiful. Mm-hmm. With her almond shaped eyes and the kimono she wears in her dress. Oh, the room. kimono. I was actually going to say I thought she was being coded more as like Middle Eastern because mm. she's from the planet called Sphinx. So oh, I that's thought it was like too. supposed to be like, because like a lot of the planets are like based on mythology essentially. Yeah, Manticore, like, which sounds Sphinx, cool, but it's not. Medusa, yeah. So I thought that maybe like that planet was kind of like a desert sort of planet, and that was mm-hmm. what they were going for with the exotic. Because but... she also has that connection with her cat too. The mm-hmm. like so much Tree potential cat. psychic cat that does nothing except hide in its box at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's talk about what the, what happens in this book. We've oh, okay, most of we it can already. do that. <laughs> um, I can surmise the plot in very few sentences. I don't mm-hmm. have anything prepared because there's nothing to talk about plot wise. Um, Honor is the new commander of the ship, the Fearless, and immediately upon taking command of her ship, they're entered into these war games. And her ship, before she became the commander, um, was ordered to undergo renovations that basically gutted most of its weaponry for one high-tech laser thing. (laughs) I don't know, dude. What was it even called? It was... Cause it was like a, what's the jousty stick called? Lance. Lance. That's it. Yeah, it's like a death lance. Gravity lance. Grab Gravity lance, lance maybe. Grab that lance. sounds like something yeah, that... from another sci-fi thing. I don't know. Could be, but I know it was the lance something. Yeah, yeah. Because that's kind of how it was described, too, was that it was just like one big shot in yeah. one direction. I'm and like, you can shoot it like once. This seems like a bad weapon. Yeah, they I took don't... out all the all the missiles. So that you could do one stab. <laughs> in one direction, which as we all know, in space world, there is only... you only have to worry about the one dimension. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> like surely, if anything, you need more dimensions now that we are in space. <sighs> they should have just made the whole ship a lance. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they have this new weapon. They enter the war games and... Honor is. This a- sounds fun. It's not. It's not. It's like one chapter, and it was glossed over. But you didn't get to know any of the competitors. There wasn't any tension of like who would beat who. Nothing. Nothing. Honor wins the first Nobody skirmish. Kisses. Yeah, <laughs> she wins the first skirmish on a gimmick using her lance. But then after after she shows off that gimmick, she can't do anything else. And so in every other skirmish her ship kind of gets bullied and picked on and destroyed and they don't win a single other thing. So it's like the, the Lance, once people see how it works, they understand how it works. And so they mm-hmm. can outmaneuver it because I guess this is the whole part of the politics of it is that there's two captain general, I don't Admirals. know, whatever admiral. Sure. Two big ship people who are like, one is like, I like tactics and one is like, I like weapons and if you have good weapons, tactics don't matter. And the other one's like, but tactics do matter. So, like, this kind of proves his point about tactics mattering. Because it turns out once everybody figures out what the fuck is up with the weapon, they just out-tactic her. Yes. And they and, and she they, has no other weapons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're, like, specifically targeting her tiny little ship, even though there's no reason to. And so her higher-ups are like, you've shamed the military. We banish you to Basilisk Station. But they, they, everybody's aware that it's not her fault. Oh, yeah. nothing's her fault. But they're like, she's 
the the ship lady is upset that you have proven that tactics are better than weapons. Yeah, her pride, her dad, her dad got mad on the daughter's behalf and banished you to this far off station in the Medusa Oblongata. I don't know. Yeah, the Medusa Oblongata. <laughs> I was just going through my notes too, and here's another reason why I thought she was supposed to be coded as Asian is because it says. Um, Despite aptitude tests, which regularly said she ought to be an outstanding number cruncher, her academy performance scores had steadfastly refused to live up to that potential. Like, um, we decided just just by, you know, looking at you, you should be good at math. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> so what's the deal? But then it's like she is good at math. She just can't think about it. She can't think about math to do math. <laughs> just She's good at everything. Oh she just does as long as she doesn't think about it. That's all, a problem. Oh my God. She can always say the right thing and do the mm-hmm. right punch and can never. And she understands other people's motivations perfectly. Because that's always the thing, right? It's always like, it's always like these starship captains. They're always good at either punching. They're good at lasers or feelings, right? Like yes, the, the yeah. TTRPG. Like <laughs> you're, you're either a Kirk or a Spock. Right? Uh-huh, you can't uh-huh. be both. You can't be good at lasers and feeling. It's bullshit. It, yes. Yes. <laughs> you had to choose one on your first day of mm-hmm. commander school. And you can't just walk down the middle. I don't... Her being, like, good at people, I would have believed more if we ever actually saw her interact with people. <laughs> like, yeah, she was... That was another problem with this book is that she had no friends, right? Right. Like... She had people that she was in charge of, and they eventually warmed up to her. Mm-hmm. But, like, sh- we didn't see her ever, like, I don't know, sending a hollow to her parents who are brought up a couple times and being like, yeah. oh, dad, I'm so whatever I'm about so this, sad. whatever. It was all, like, her thinking about stuff. And yes. I was like, I don't know. She needs to talk this out with someone. She needs a friend or a therapist. She needs or- to, to vent. Yes. Yeah. So this is the thing I hated about this is – you want to read, you want to root for honor. You want to be like, yeah, I really do want you to win over your crew. But the book is like, no, no, we have to maintain this distance between the commander mm-hmm. and her crew. So even if she is like whipping them into shape or losing their trust or whatever, or they're all dying at the end of the book, you don't give a fuck because there's like this wall. The author was like, well, because honor has to be like, on a pedestal above her crew, yeah. the reader also doesn't get to know them. But like, there's so many interesting people here. This is also a point where that stupid tree cat could have been good. Yes. If the tree cat was more, like, if it was more about their emotional connection. Yes. And, you know. Give the tree cat how, some lines of dialogue. <laughs> or not even, it doesn't have to talk. It could just, like, care about things more mm. and, like, it be more interesting than just kind of, like, a quirk that Honor has. It did get three pages or so when it was eating that celery stalk. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Why did we have to go on and on about that? We had to learn about how tree cats can't eat celery stalk and he'll be hungry later because he'll feel like he's full, but he won't but eat he's his not. Dinner. Oh, silly tree cat. He doesn't cat. have the right enzymes. Well, that scene is really imprinted in my brain. Like I'm I know. Sure it's like the only interesting thing there. to happen for hundreds of pages. I was like, Yes. <laughs> Let's accidentally kill the tree cat by giving it <laughs> celery. Um, so the Fearless is sent to Basilisk, Basilisk Station, which is a strategically important place for the Manticoran army, navy, I don't know, the Manticorans. I don't know. They're the people 
Man- they're the people that honor is working for i was pronouncing it manticoran mm, i had the advantage of listening oh to it you audio. had the audiobook so yeah. that's right then i listened to it at two times on audio I know. I was like, what word are they saying? And I, I had to, okay. I know like Amazon is like big bad. I get that. But I do, they are so frustratingly good at in, integrating the audible narration and, and the ebook. Like you mm. could just flip between the two of them at ease and it would even like highlight the words as it read it. So I was like, this is, wow. What? I hate this. I hate that it's so good. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. I had to look, I was like, what the fuck word Sponsor are Sponsor us audible. Yeah. Thanks audible. Um, because <laughs> I was also listening to it at two times. I was like, and I was like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's Basilisk Station, the Medusa system. I don't know what any of these things are called, really. They gave us a map, and it I didn't look answers at it no questions. <laughs> just it's just, the problem with How any map, map of space when you're talking exactly. about space be helpful. Exactly. <laughs> It's this is the problem with any 3D ma- or 2D map of space is that space is notoriously three dimensional. So you're not going to be able to replicate. It's just a bunch of circles with arrows drawn between it, which I oh guess is God. supposed to be like worm. I don't know, like interconnecting points or something. I don't know, but it also like really bothered me when they said stuff about directions. When they're like, "Oh, the Haven Empire is west of here," I'm like, "No, it's not." It's not because West <laughs> West only to, applies when like, you're on a planet. On a globe. Yes. You can't be West in space. That doesn't work. <laughs> you didn't get that science correct, David Weber. Or maybe he did. Maybe someone's going to correct me and it's going to be just like the freaking wind chill thing where it does actually all make sense. I'm just too stupid to get it. But I'm pretty sure you can't go West in space. <laughs> Weast. <laughs> um... <laughs> Basilisk Station is important because of reasons. Um, everybody wants the hell out of this planet called Medusa, but it's it's like constantly described as ugly, and the people are in their Bronze Age, so they don't really have a lot of technology to offer. Um, I think it's and described as like savages a couple times. I think it was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um and so this is kind of seen as like so even though there's a lot of trade that goes through medusa because it's cheaper than going through other air spaces i guess space spaces (laughs) (laughs) vacuum spaces i don't know um (laughs) it's cheaper it's cheaper to go through here even though it may be more out of the way or not have as much to offer um so People who get stationed here are often just like they're kind of like tucked away and told not to make waves or do anything. And so the guy who is stationed here is some dude named Pavel Young or something. And he did a sexual assault on Honor while they were in school together. And Honor attempted, attempted, attempted mm, sexual assault. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> and Honor beat the shit out of him. He didn't go through with it because Honor kicked his yes. ass. Honor beat the shit out of him. Good job, Honor. And But she never reported it, which is not on her. It's on the system. And he is now her superior in the Navy. And so she gets there and has to report to him. And he's like, actually, I'm going to peace out and leave you in charge. Goodbye. 
Which, okay, I know that they make a point of going through this whole thing where it's like, oh, she never reported it. Like, he did get in trouble for it, and that's why he hates her, because, like, it was, like, a ding on his record, and that's Mm -hmm. why he's, like, a shithead and whatevs. But even if... Even if she didn't report that he sexually assaulted her, it was on file that she had beat the shit out of him in training. So don't you think someone would look at that and be like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't have her be like his direct subordinate. Isn't this a bad idea? Surely there are other shithole places she could be sent to. Like surely someone... Well, babe, babe, I just called you babe. (laughs) Well, babe, she had to be punished. <laughs> but surely there are other other bad assignments because he gets another bad assignment. Not as bad as being a subordinate <laughs> to your almost sexual assaulter. Mm, you're right. <laughs> oh my god! So <laughs> he pieces out. He's like, "My ship needs repairs. You're in charge till I get back." In like, Which honestly, four is months. the best outcome. Yeah, like, truly. I didn't like, have to look Bye. it up. He leaves her with what he thinks is an impossible task. She basically has to patrol this whole area of space, 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 I don't, airspace. I don't know what to call it. Sector. Sector with just her one ship by itself. And he's really hoping she fucks up and then he can blame her for it. And then she'll either get kicked out of the Navy or demoted or whatever. But okay, maybe I'm dumb, but Mm. How many ships was this dude rocking? Just the one, right? Just the one really big boy, which I think probably had little ships okay. inside of it. Okay, because that's what the whole time I was like, why is it that big of a difference? It seems like if it's way too big of a job for one ship to do, it would probably be too big of a job for two ships also. <laughs> like slightly less big of a job, but like, because ah, she has to come up with like, she has to split her crew into like three or four different yes. tasks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she like sends off her little like what they call cutters and another word for a little tiny boat and she sends them babies. to do patrollings and they babies and they set up drones to do patrols and stuff. Um there's like eight different types of patrols that have to be done. And we get a description of all of them so in depth. <laughs> this book unexpectedly turned into a chore book. Oh my god, it was like Little House in the Big Woods. Or <laughs> it's just a list of chores Honor has to do For on like the station. A good thirty percent of this book. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. I wasn't I no. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. Um <laughs> But they um they make it work and actually everyone is surprised that honor is even making any attempts to make it work because the Minticaran Navy had done nothing in what they promised to do with like checking cargo on the ships passing through and um, all doing other like routine inspection things. Like no one had ever done these things before. So honor by just doing her job is doing way more than anyone else. So if Pavel wasn't doing fuck all, mm-hmm. how was his great plan? I don't be, fucking know. I'm going to fuck off so she has to do all the work that I left behind, which apparently which was nothing because I was doing <laughs> nothing. Like, Ha-ha, my I scheme. would understand if he had if he had been like doing shit and then she couldn't keep up with the shit he was doing, but he clearly wasn't. So like, what did he think was going to happen? Either she was going to continue not doing shit, which was the same thing he was doing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then no one would ostensibly notice or care, 
Or she was going to do a good job and people would be like, huh, she's doing a good job. There was no yeah. way this was going to work out the way he thought. This was lose-lose for him. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> she, like, sends a crew to the planet to help with customs and they're like, oh, this has never happened to us before. Thank you for coming. We love you so much. And she basically, <laughs> basically makes best friends with everybody on Medusa. And Pavel is like, oh, my plan that couldn't have possibly ever worked is backfiring. I did not see this happening. <laughs> Whatever. So they do that for like another couple hundred pages. And so when the crew was like really demoralized because of their losses in the war games that there was no way they could have won. So they've just like been really like slacking off and not doing their jobs as well as they should have, I guess. But Honor, of course, has been handing all of that with such dignity and grace and never yelled at anybody or complained. Um, but then she really, like, rides their asses to do a good job in the um, line of duty, I guess. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, we love you, Captain. Thank you for making us work hard. Thank you for giving our lives purpose by giving us jobs and tasks to do. Yes. It's all we want. <laughs> they, like, uncover a smuggling ring. And I guess... There's some sort of law that an X percentage of the cost of whatever you find smuggled goes into your bank account. So they all start getting super rich. And for some reason, that makes them love honor. I don't know, guys. What and could be the connection And also, it's definitely there? a great system of law enforcement, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely not susceptible to <laughs> corruption at all. Um, <laughs> so they uncover a smuggling ring, and they also find out that... Um, there is like some sort of drug cartel on the planet of Medusa that is supplying the shamans of the Medusa religion with this drug that makes them just like rage beasts. I don't know. Like they just, I did not, I didn't understand what the drug did. I guess it made them want to eat people. Well, so it was like a hallucinogenic drug that they use in their religions, which, okay. Cool. I guess that makes sense. There, there's like real world analogs to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had been around for like, like it was native to the planet and they distilled it and whatever. And mm-hmm. they, it took like a lot of time to make. So they couldn't take a lot of it. But as soon as you took it, you were like hooked and you were definitely going to die from it. Yes. So like that seems like a bad drug. I mean, yeah, I'm not. Why did they, uh, why did they continue <laughs> to take it? That seems like. People would be like, okay, well, I mean, I guess that's true of some drugs on Earth that have, you know, high overdose potential, but it doesn't seem like it's an overdose potential. It seems like it's just like, no, this will definitely kill you. But then it also, if you take too much of it or something, it makes you like homicidal. I Yeah, it's like if it was too much too fast. Then it becomes Breaking Bailey, where we turn into this, like, section of the book. Beatrix Sparks, tell us what we should do about this Medusa drug. Where they start explaining how they have probably, they're making pure stuff now because of the equipment that, like, at first they think it's being made off-world and brought back, but they're like, we couldn't, they couldn't possibly be smuggling it in and out. So then they're like, oh, they've brought the equipment here to make it on the planet. And now they're making like this extra potent version of it, much like the meth in Breaking Bailey. Yes, yes. I mean, it was extra potent by the end of the book. <laughs> the smartest kids in the school all got together mm-hmm. and just made a newer, better meth. Yeah. New year, new meth. <laughs> so they also discover that some off-world entity has been providing the Medusans with 
guns that are too advanced for guns their civilization and to ships handle. and so the battle shifts <laughs> what is that hamilton oh it must have been a deep cut <laughs> uh, so <laughs> they have these guns that do a lot of damage but they're like musket ball guns what are those called muskets okay sure <laughs> I mean, musket ball guns are called muskets. I don't know. A New Year, same stupid me. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're basically just muskets, but they're going to (laughs) use. But we got like real in depth explanation of how these guns worked, which I also didn't care about. I know when asked, we all know what a musket ball does. We just don't know what it goes in. We don't know what that's called. <laughs> Impossible to say. I mean, to your to be fair, there are other types of ammunition that are called blank ball, and they don't go in like paintball. No, I guess it's paint. No, yeah, paintball doesn't go in a paint. It goes right? in a paintball gun. See, yeah, it so been a, called it a musket, be called musket ball gun. Ball gun. <laughs> <He's-> Obviously. <laughs> You said blank ball, and my mind immediately went to baseball gun, <laughs> which is like those things that the, where they do like gun. the pitching thing, the batting games. Another famous gun, baseball gun. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know anything about guns. <laughs> I don't need to, except that they can be shot by hawks. Yes, Tobias can handle a gun. Um. <laughs> Both alien and human made. Doesn't matter. He's got mm-hmm. it down. So- <laughs> My eyes are watering. Um, <laughs> they find these stupid ass guns. They find the drugs. They're like, there's a plot. Um, well, we've known apparently since page one that this other group of people called the Havenites are trying to take over this Medusa planet. And their plot essentially is that they're going to provide these drugs and these guns to the Medusans so that they just start shooting up off-worlders in a way that then (laughs) – this is just like (laughs) – this plan is just built on coincidences. There's nothing political about it. They were just like, let's hope this works. Um, They would hope the Medusans – would then start shooting enough people that one of their ships could slip away out of Medusan airspace and quote-unquote warn the Haven fleet so that Haven could then swoop in, stop the uprising or whatever it is, and then because they did that, they just get ownership of the planet? Sure. <laughs> Even though the Manticorian, Man- Manticorans are own it. I didn't... I, didn't... <laughs> I think the Manticorans are like... Because they did get into this a little bit, and I was kind of interested in it because I was like, hmm, I can't tell if this is if this is good or not. I feel like it's probably not, but I'm not sure. Um, but I think, like, they were like, we don't own the planet, but we're in charge of it as it, like, grows into a big boy planet. Mm, like, like, to, to make sure other people planet. don't fuck with it, essentially. But we're not going to go down there and, like, colonize it. But the Havenites were like, yes, we want to we colonize want to it. Okay. I think was like the big difference they between like the two. They wanted more planets because they didn't have a lot to settle yeah, on. Yeah, they were just like, more planets, please. <laughs> more planets, more problems, Haven. <laughs> exactly. The <laughs> Mantikrans were like, look. Because I think they had something about like, oh, 
eventually they can like be their own planet which i was kind of like uh yeah in like six billion years they're in the bronze age still yeah yeah so eventually okay so they're looking for where the drugs are being made and they run these group of medusan military people run into no it's not medusa it's mentikarin there's so many fucking names okay so there's a military guys run into the medusa people who are all hopped up on drugs and they start to kill them brutally like they're just they're disemboweling them and taking their limbs and leaving them alive while they torture them it's all very gross um but Honor knew all this was coming because she's super smart girl. And so they have contingency plans to stop the uprising. But then, like, they notice one of the Haven ships leaving the Medusa space space. So then we have to do, like, a 50-page space race that is so boring. <laughs> Honor's, Honor's ship. Okay, so the, the Haven ship had a head start and then honor ship has to try and catch up with them. We read about how long it takes her to accelerate. They're like chasing each other for an hour before honor can even shoot at them with her missiles. And the Haven ship has a lot more missiles than hers does. And it almost destroys fearless. A lot of people die, but then honor's like, haha, we have that grav lance. And so she like pretends that the ship can't do anymore and lets the big haven ship come close and as soon as it's close she stabs it with the grav lance and they all die and haven no honor why why do they all start the same letter honor saves <laughs> the day the end oh she's promoted yay and she goes and there's a stuffy guy who's like oh don't you want to come give a talk about how great the idea was to do that lance, lance on your ship and she's like internally like what a dumb idiot i hate that lance but then she's like yes i would love to give that talk ho wink to the audience like she's gonna go talk she's shit gonna at go this rail about it talk. yeah yeah hilarious good for her i guess so glad that was the first like level of any sort of characterization i saw from honor so yeah cool. I, I liked I liked her as an angry sassy lady. I did not care for her in the rest of this book though. Yeah. As much as like like I said, it would have been really cool is if we could like have lowered that wall and been like Honor really gets to know her like the the crew, like the no, what are they called? Um crew. No, the guys that are her officers. Her officers. Lieutenants. Yeah, her lieutenants. If she, yeah, because they're they're like British. They they have a queen. And we're British this year. We decided yes. at the oh, beginning yes. of this podcast. They followed our queen. <laughs> um, yeah. If we could have gotten her and been like showed how she, in a really personalized way, dealt with each officer and gotten any kind of dialogue from anybody, <laughs> would have been really cool. But instead, this book does this weird thing where just, like, it switches POVs just wantonly. Mm -hmm. Not even at chapter or paragraph breaks. It's just, like, even in the same paragraph sometimes, I was trying I to figure like. out if that was just, like, a formatting thing with the Kindle. Because I know with a lot of older books, like, the format will get kind of fucked up. Mm -hmm. But, I yeah, because it was super confusing sometimes. I would just be in a different POV. And I was like, yeah. oh. Not even a sentence break there, huh? Nope. We just switch to another mind. It's fine. It's the future. That's how they communicate. 
Oh, man. Well, I didn't like it. I didn't. Yeah, I gave it two stars out of five. Mm -hmm. It was... I wanted to like so much about this. I liked... I don't know. I liked some of the political discussion between characters, but then they were just faces. They're just faces shouting into the void of this book. And I think it also fell into that unfortunate category of um, sci-fi, this thing that sci-fi often does, especially like older sci-fi, where in retrospect, some stuff looks very silly or strange. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that in the strange category, the fact that apparently we're still using certain slurs to describe gay men. And that's oh just the thing God, we're doing. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also like, like some of the like words that they used, I was, why are we changing this to a sci-fi word? That, what was the one that really bothered me? Um, Astrogator. I was like, I get that you're changing navigator but the nava part of that refers to ships and you're still and you're on in a ships. ship you're still calling them ships so surely you could still say navigator, navigator and also astrogator just makes it sound like you're an alligator made of stars <laughs> oh i want one of those i know that's what <laughs> That's what the animorphs animals are when they're not part of their body. Oh, they're in the Z space. They're astrogators. Mm-hmm. Astrogators. Yes. <laughs> Love it. I the only reason I could tell the difference between any of the characters in this book is because the narrator, bless her heart, did different accents for every character. Oh, good for her. <laughs> like, oh, so this is the Texan politician. Got it. Yeah. That's handy. That's handy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She saved my saved me because this really is just like alphabet soup at times. <laughs> I the only characters I actually remember are Honor and McKeon mm. and no one else. I could not tell you another character name if I tried. There's a Santos. She's the mm. one that dies. She dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was awesome um, too. She was yeah. There was also that older woman who was like in charge of the whatever the people were who were like Dame Estelle. Okay. Yeah, her. Because, mm-hmm. like, she's in charge of the people who are the liaisons between the planet or whatever. Yes. The ones who are supposed to make sure that the native populations don't get decimated by people coming in and whatever, which that seems like a good job. Um, <laughs> she seems important. <laughs> she seemed, she, and she was cool. She was yes. like, she was on her shit when it was her turn to be in the center of retention. Yes. Yeah. She didn't make honor do everything. Yeah. Which was nice. That was nice. Good for honor. The thing about this being the first book in the series is I feel like we're going into the second book and the only constant is honor and her cat. Like we Mm. get a new ship, new crew, because the old one's all dead. McKeon has Well, some of them survived, but. Yeah, she takes like one person to be her exec on the next ship that I can't remember what his name is, but it was someone that she really liked. And that's Mm. like it. Everyone goes somewhere else, including McKeon, who took so long in this book to become someone important and then at the end of the book was like anyway bye <laughs> maybe that's how this book series is set up where it's like the honor harrington series and honor harrington isn't actually the main character she's just like the 
impetus for the main character. Like, McKeon, I would argue, is more of a character in this book than Honor is in that he at least undergoes character growth. Right? I see what you're saying. Yeah, so it's so like... So maybe it's just Honor dipping into different shit. Sh- she's different the reason and why ships. we get to see other people. Yeah. I see what you're saying. A new person comes to the fore and learns and grows because of the influence Honor had on their life. Yeah, And I'm betting that new person is a man every time. But, you know, that's just... I hope so. <laughs> I've never read a sci-fi book with a man in it (laughs) i've never read a book where a hyper competent woman changes a man's life for the better (sighs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah we shouldn't be so mean i mean i feel like this wasn't this definitely wasn't one of those books written by men where the woman is i think there were attempts made yeah yeah yeah. and i i I like that there were different female characters who had different personalities you know for the limited amount we got um that were ranged from allies to honor to people honor didn't like and you know there Mm -hmm. it wasn't just all other women are catty bitches you know that's true yeah she her and damis still had a pretty good working relationship Mm -hmm. and they were almost friends i guess you could say yeah and santos was cool yes and then she died and then she died um (laughs) i was gonna see i know there's like there's 14 books in this series and the latest one came out in 2018 i don't know if that's the final one or what but i saw there's also like some spin-off series too spin-off series yeah Mm. how has this not been made into a tv show yet i think there was supposed to be a movie or something i don't know Mm. um seems ripe for a sci-fi ridge yes i agree a a siffy a siffy Sophie original or even Amazon they've got like the expanse and a few others now I just the thing I just don't care about the details of every tiny technology but I think this would work better as a as a movie or tv show because they wouldn't get into that as much yes or it would just be kind of that like oh the flux capacitor is jamming the ultimator you know like quick talk thing where no you don't actually care or listen to it it's just to increase the tension yeah agreed anyway what what do you want to see from future books in this uh unit uh in this unit i would love to see less military and less hard <laughs> but i don't think we can for it to stay <laughs> that's in the unit genre. you picked yes if you had gone with with uh books about psychic connections with tree cats you know i could maybe do something for you but <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately you decided military sci-fi damn it i know see i was dreading this unit too i was like really on the cusp of just being like what if we just like didn't what if <laughs> what if we just read the second and third book in this series yeah we just didn't read this one um or even didn't read the second or third book just just skipped it all sure. but this was recommended to us for the podcast such a long time ago i was like all right fine Fine, 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 fine. Um, I want a book, and uh, this is something that you won't be able to tell until you read it. So I understand it's not helpful. So good luck. I want a book that doesn't make me feel dumb. Hmm. Yeah. I wanna. I wanna read. I wouldn't mind a military sci-fi that is like the movie Star Star Starship Troopers. The movie Star Storm Storm Ship Starship Troopers. I love that movie, and it is very mm. much a military sci-fi. But again, mil- movies, like we just said, are very different from the books. Um, I think in general, I I vastly, vastly prefer action visual media to 
literary. Yes. You know? It just never translates as well in the written mm-hmm. word, I don't think. Um, I just want to see the explosions. I wouldn't mind something with more humor in it. This was mm-hmm. very dry in a textbook yeah. sort of way. Character-based, I guess, is what you could go. Character and plot-driven as opposed to science-driven. <laughs> I well, feel like this was pretty plot-heavy. It was just a plot I didn't care about. Yeah. It was very slow-paced. Let's fast-paced plot okay. characters. Um, and as long as you know, I'd prefer a female lead in a sci-fi book. Mm. <laughs> but tall order sometimes true mm-hmm. all right well keep that in mind as we chug along with this unit yeah first we have to get through the uh <laughs> um more classic example so i'm sure it'll yeah, be the opposite true. of everything i just said <laughs> perfect um but segue 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 through under the momentum uh, this podcast was now dead in the water we can't <laughs> I can't talk about anything else now. <laughs> you read any anything else <laughs> lately? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, okay. So I've got a couple uh, for recommended reading nice. type stuff. Uh, first off, I, this one I, I'm about to start the second book in the Amy Kaufman, J. Kristoff series. Uh, I can't Aurora remember which what one? the order is. Aurora Rising, Aurora Born, Aurora Born I think the um, I think Aurora Rising is the first one. Yeah, I'm about to start the second one. I like the first one; it's pretty good. Oh, good! I have that on my shelf. I need to read it. Yeah, it was it was a fun little read. There were there were sexy space elves. There was some kissing. I'm so, here you know, for the sexy all the space stuff elf. I like. Uh, but then I also have a short one that I just finished called "Waiting on a Bright Moon" okay. by J Y Yang. Um, which is a novella, so it's real quick read, but it's like about kind of a space empire situation, and it's some good sci-fi stuff. It's definitely I would not say it's hard sci-fi at all, but I also kind of don't really know the difference. Uh, <laughs> don't tell anyone. Um, but it's about basically a woman joining a rebellion, and it's it's a really good tight space war story you know where Mm. you get you hit all the major points and i was kind of like i don't think they're gonna get to all of this in 40 pages essentially but it was like that's really short just churned it out and i really liked it after reading this book where it took ages to get anywhere and it was just like we're going we're moving we're chugging right along i was like all right let's go i'm I'm here here for for the ride (laughs) how about you I'm reading an excellent book right now and i had to stop i'm like 40 pages from the end um, and I had to stop so we could record this episode. So I'm a little bit salty. That's fine. Um, <laughs> and if if the author doesn't beef it in the last 40 pages, definitely a five-star read. But it's not one for Ooh. everyone. Um, I'm reading Space Opera by Catherine M. Valente, which is essentially um, humans are contacted by aliens. It's like first contact. Um, and in order for humans to prove that they are a sentient race and that they are deserving of joining the intergalactic community of other sentient races and beings, they have to compete in a Eurovision type contest. Yes, because I guess they've all agreed that one sign or the best sign of a sentient race is that you can sing and perform a song and have soul, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And it's, very funny. The writing style 
is a little bit of an adjustment. It reminds me very much of like a Terry Pratchett style of writing Mm -hmm. where it's very like free flowing, tons of run on sentences, lots of like asides and tangential thoughts, which I always really love, but I get that that's not for everybody. And very similarly to the book we just read on Basilisk Station, it takes a very long time to get to the part of the plot that you think is like, it takes a long time to get to the actual contest. But first of all, the book is only like, it's slightly less than 300 pages long, so you're not waiting too long. But you get these like beautiful chapters about the other individual, like sentient alien races and how they, um, what their first contact stories are like and what kind of like bands that they bring to the Eurovision contest and things like that. So it, you don't really feel like you are waiting that long to get to the plot. So those chapters are like, it's like every other chapter. One is story where you're getting to know the characters and then um, the chapters about the other alien races. And then in the last like maybe hundred pages of the book is the plot. So it's, it's very good. I'm loving it. Would highly recommend. That sounds good. Well, I may have to check that one out. Please do. It's extremely good. Um, and that's all I've been reading lately. Cool. Besides this book. So next week, we will be back with another Animorphs uh, Morph Monday, which I th- I'm trying to remember what that will be. Uh, book We 31? just did The Sickness, right? Yeah. Ooh, ah, 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 ah. Ooh, uh, uh, uh. No, we didn't. No, just do that was a while ago. Did, yeah, yeah. We did re- we the reunion, did the, the Marco book. Reunion, the mm-hmm. reunion. So it's thirty-one, which is. I want to say Jake, but that's just. I my think default. it is. The conspiracy. Yes. Great. Cool. More Jake. Um. <laughs> and Great. The week after that, maybe we'll get Darth Jake. Maybe it will finally be his time. Under under a Ghost Rider's hand he will rise up and be the evil boy we know he can be that'd be great (laughs) so then the week after that we will be finishing out our submitted unit that we've had going the past few months which is our weird westerns unit Um, and we are going to be reading territory by emma bull yes i'm excited to get back into this um Mm. i know you've not been a huge fan of the genre but i i feel like i might like this one because i've read other emma bull stuff so Mm -hmm. i think this is the safest bet. We're putting all of our faith in you, Emma Bull. Please deliver us Come home. on, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> we need this win. <laughs> we need a win. We need to start out 2021 right. Come on, Emma. Well, after we started it wrong with on Basilisk Well, but Station. we didn't... A little bit of, little bit of <gasps> giveaway here. We didn't record this oh one my gosh, guys, in 2021. We're from the past. Yeah, this so... The Anne, Anna and M of 2020, the, the garbage girls that we were in 2020... Yeah. Yeah. We're not British at all. We're not British. Next year we'll really be a different kind of race. (laughs) Is British a race? We'll be a different kind of accent. (laughs) 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 I'm going to go back to baby journalist. (laughs) I made made a D&D, I made an NPC named Benjamin Barnett, and now now I can't reference him anymore without laughing. (laughs) <laughs> anyway let's get out of here let's get out of this podcast in the meantime you if you like need to that for us <laughs> i'm trapped here i know Ooh, wait here's a thought you're stuck here until i do the outro hmm. what else can we talk about hmm. you were gonna do a bridgerton rant you said 
Yeah, but not on the podcast. Just you I wanted to hear it on. Okay, well, guess what, guys? You just got a you just got a tease for something you'll never ever hear. Some Bridgerton hot takes that are basically the same hot takes that everyone else has. <laughs> All right, fine. If you want to send us your Bridgerton hot takes, you can email us at shuffleawarecast. Nope, you can should email have done us. a different series. Someone should have called Alyssa Cole. I don't know why we were talking to Julia Quinn. Anyway. <laughs> At shuffleforecast at gmail.com. That's that's our handles. Thank you very much to Ben Cope for the Ace of Our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms, so if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should, or else I'll just trap us all here longer by never finishing this sentence, and you'll just have to listen to me forever and ever and ever because the technology does not exist where you can just fast forward or even stop this podcast recording. You just are trapped here I'm never letting you go. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of David Weber, a note on time. Like all extrasolar colonies, the Manticore Colony Limited's original investors found it necessary to create a new calendar to reflect the axial and orbital rotations of their new home. In their case, however, the situation was complicated by the fact that whereas most star systems are fortunate to have a single habitable world, Manticore, a G5 distant binary system, possessed three of them, each with its own day and year. Why are you telling us this? I wish to unknow all of that. (laughs) It's just a textbook. What's happening? Though I think, so we've heard from one of our listeners, James, that this is maybe not the, it's like other, um, oh my God, my mind is blanking. Let me pull up the email real quick. Um, so I was a little bit forewarned by our listener, James, cause he wrote in, um, and said that this is kind of similar to, uh, the, oh fuck, I already forgot the title. <laughs> Anna, but just looked it up. What are you doing? I know, I know. He said, I looked it up on my phone and read it, and I was like, yes, I'll remember this and immediately <laughs> forgot. 